welcome to Spilling the Scoop with Papa Zoop. This is Alex Guidi Zupancic, and I'm going to turn it over to Papa Zoop to give us a little scoop. A little scoop on who Papa Zoop is. Well, I was uh, the strength and conditioning coach for the Indianapolis Colts uh, uh, in the NFL from 1984, and I did it for 28 years. So uh, I spent 16 years as a coach, and then I went to the front office and became the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. So uh, a variety of different experiences and uh, always have been a, a weightlifter. And, and I did that for uh, my uh, wrestling uh, prowess. I uh, wrestled for the United States for uh, about a dozen years after college and uh, spent a lot of time in the Olympic program. So uh, a wide variety of fitness aspects, uh, you know, from from powerlifting to, you know, to transfer to the uh, to the wrestling mat and I also played football so I've got a lot of experiences that uh, some of them are good some of them are bad some of them were about fitness some of them were about fatness some of them <laughs> were about not trying to be too fat and uh, and playing with things all in between that and Alex you've got a, a unique background as well as a uh, a yogi I'm using the wrong uh using the wrong term because female that practices yoga is a yeah so um the difference between a yoga or yogi and a yogini is male yoga practitioners are yogis and female yoga practitioners are yoginis um but a group of mixed um gender yoga practitioners are yogis so feel free to use them interchangeable in my opinion um but so yes, I'm a yoga instructor. Um, I am an advanced booty yoga instructor. Um, booty yoga is my passion. It is awesome. It's cardio dance. It's plyometrics. I know a lot of people haven't heard of it, um, but I'm also a 200 hour certified um, or registered yoga teacher and teach with several studios in Nashville. Um, but my background actually before that, before I got into fitness is in sustainability. I have a master's degree in sustainability and I kind of just dabble in a lot of stuff, trying to figure out how to make the most good in the world, to be quite honest. And you have a lot of pets. I know uh, you have a studio, the name of Yoga Mutts. So uh, you have a, <laughs> a, quite an affection for the, uh, the animal kingdom out there. And Alex, just to describe the two of us, she's a teeny yogini. Okay, <laughs> she's a very small person. And I'm on the other hand, 6'2", 275 pounds and... Uh, and yoga is uh, is very much not in my natural progression of exercises. Not so yet. We're not working yet. on yeah, it. They're, she's trying to convert me, but it's uh, it's difficult on the uh, on the old joints. I'm uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than Alex is, like uh, a, like couple of lifetimes, but uh, just a little bit. It's yeah. Okay. But uh, you know, I think together we uh, we can present a pretty pretty wide range of things that people will be interested in and. Uh, you know, from a fitness standpoint, as well for, as from a uh, a competitive standpoint, uh, yes. we'll talk about a lot of things in these podcasts, and we hope we have uh, a lot of people that'll be interested in what we have to say. For sure, for sure, I'm I'm really excited to see where these take us, and I kind of want to start off though our first episode with explaining a little bit my first experience working out with Papa Zoop. Um, so I kind of convinced John who already, John, my husband, um, who grew up strength and conditioning with Papa Zoop, you know, you know, when you work out with your parents, like it's a whole different ball game. I, I, 
I totally sympathize with kind of stepping back from that, but we were trying to get our health and fitness back in line. Um, so I was like, Hey, we're going out to Indy. We need another workout. Let's work out with Papa Zoop. Who better? And John's like, mm, all right. So <laughs> a lot of, a lot of childhood, uh, screaming memories I'm sure came up in his mind. Yeah. I've yeah. heard stories about tires and hills and things. And so, he is a very good husband and, and su- very supportive. So he agreed, and we woke up at 7 a.m. and walked downstairs. And I was first because John's late to everything, but, you know, that's besides the point. Um, and I'm greeted walking down the stairs to the Rocky theme song, uh, Blaring. Oh, ah, you got to love that. I know. It's blaring, though. It's like 7 a.m., and everyone's asleep. There's even a toddler in the house. And so it's blaring, and I'm like, okay, like, we're going to do this. And, um, John comes down about 10 minutes later and we get started and he puts me in the leg press and John in that thing where you kick your feet forward. Leg extensions. Yeah. Leg extensions. And I'm sitting here, you know, inclined with my feet on the weight. I, you know, I don't know the words, but the weight thing. And all of a sudden Papa Zoop starts leaning on the weights and all of a sudden I start to feel it get a little bit heavier. And I'm looking at him like, does he know he's standing, he's leaning on the weights? Like, Does he know it's getting heavier? It was just a good resting. (laughs) And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay quiet and just like do what I need to do. And I'm watching this happen. And, um, the next time around, because we, you know, we did super, we super set it and switched out with the leg extension. So my second set, instead of just leaning on it, he takes both hands and starts pushing his entire body weight against this leg press machine. And I'm like, well, I guess he meant to the last time. Um, so that's how it started. And I'm, you know, trying to be big and bad and like not pretend like I'm dying. Um, yeah, but the... Moving forward from there, I made it through that. And the most interesting part was this manual exercise. Is that what you called it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, all of that is, uh, you know, manual resistance where I'm, you know, applying a certain amount of force and letting you get through the exercise, but making it extremely difficult for you to get to eight or 10 repetitions that we were trying to get done. And, and then doing the same thing for John. And I'll be honest with you, I was pushing harder on yours than I was <laughs> on John's because I knew his breaking point. So yeah. like, as he describes this, he makes it seem like pretty simple. And you're like, okay, no, he's got a mop handle, like a the broomstick of a mop. And at the end of it, he's got like bath towels and the bath towels are held on by duct tape and I'm like what in the world is this like some sort of karate kids stuff no he's just like slightly putting a couple fingers against this mop handle as I do like an upright row with it and I'm like why is this so hard and I'm literally dying and then he starts to tell this story about how he would do this with NFL players and like put his nose on it and I don't tell it as well as you do so I'd love to hear it like please retell this story well it's uh you know it, it is another manual resistance thing and the the uh the little apparatus you're talking about I created that I think I invented it <laughs> uh back when John and his brother were two years apart and I used to have them grab a hold of this thing and then they'd go in the front yard and they would, whoever let go of it first, that lost. So they would, 
they would flip and fly and pull each other around and jerk each other around until somebody let go of the stick. Sometimes these little battles would last for 10 or 15 minutes. So it, uh, the whole point of the, the reason that I was doing that is to try to make their fitness and, and their them getting into good shape because they all played multiple sports and wanted them to get some kind of a, an exercise that was fun. There was a competitive side to it. And you weren't just lifting yourself. You weren't just competing against yourself. You were, they were competing against, you know, their, their brother. And it was, uh, it brought out the best in them. And, you know, they did, we would do things like to add on to that. They'd have to shoot five free throws. And then after they shot five free throws, they'd have to run down to the bottom of about a 200 yard hill that we, we live up on top of this hill, and then at the bottom of the hill there'd be a chair, and they'd have to pick up the chair, run up the hill with the chair, and there'd be two dumbbells at the at the top of the hill. They grab the dumbbells, run back down the bottom of the hill, and I'd be cheering them on the whole time. Then they'd run back up the hill with the dumbbells, set them down, and then they'd have to go touch a little bell. It was kind of like uh, the the uh, Ninja Warriors thing of, oh, yeah. of old, but. Uh, they, you know, they, they competed against each other. They got better at it. And then whoever won, you know, got a little treat. And, uh, and that, that, that was fun. That, were, that, that was the thing that we made games of. So, uh, and their sister even joined in. They didn't like that too much because she was a little older and usually beat both of them. But, yeah. uh, you know, that was, uh, that was kind of the beginning of their fitness regime. But uh, a lot of those manual exercises and those types of things that uh, we were doing together, are things that you did in the NFL and you did that. I did that with a lot of players that were injured. So I had to control the tempo and the, and the pace that they worked at and, and the, the actual resistance that was put against them. So, you know, I could read their body language on, you know, how it was feeling and whether or not it was, uh, it was going too hard or not hard enough to help them overcome injuries. Okay. Um, so it sounds like you used a lot of, like everyday items in these like workouts what's the weirdest everyday item that you kind of just threw into something well i you know i i made the joke with a lot of them and and you know i'd have a towel and a stick and if i had a towel and a stick i could i could finish you i mean it was uh you know it was something that was uh it was easy to do and uh it was me pitting resistance against them in a nice smooth way that wasn't aggravating their injury. So if they had a particular shoulder injury or a hand injury or a wrist injury, you know, NFL football players are forever getting their hands hurt so they can't grip things and it makes it more difficult. So I would set up situations with a towel or with a, you know, with one of those broomsticks that you, you, you talked about uh, where I could control how much pressure was being put on their joints and, and, uh, and, really work them through a smooth range of motion that they they didn't have to miss the entire workout and spend their time in the training room you know getting iced or getting you know uh, whirlpools or or ultrasounds and they they were able to work out throughout the time that they were rehabbing to get back out on the field living the yogi lifestyle isn't just stretching and meditating it's living a life of minimal stress and is there anything more stressful than organizing cleaning or packing the answer is no. But the answer to all those problems is me, Neat Freak Nash. The name truly says it all. I can take care of any professional organizing needs you can think of, from the musty basement to the crammed attic. 
So I can completely attest to this. John and I hired Rachel over at Neat Freak Nash to organize our basement. After we moved into our new house, the basement became the storage and catch-all for everything we didn't have space for. Neat Freak Nash came in, didn't judge our clutter, and made it a completely functional space. Now we host monthly poker nights and family dinners in that room. All consultations are free, but mention this ad and get one hour free to your next project. Give me a holler at neatfreaknash.com or follow me on Instagram at neatfreaknash. Okay, so what you just heard was a little bit more about that manual exercise. And what I want to tell you is, again, he made it sound so easy, so simple. It's just, it's, he's just putting a little bit of resistance against you, right? No, that's not accurate. It was the hardest exercise I've ever done. I have I don't think I've ever felt so burnt out from anything using like dumbbells or like barbells or any or just like body weight. No, this thing absolutely killed me. And so I I don't know. But for some reason, a mop handle handle will do that. And I believe he used to, as he already said, he used this with the NFL players. But I think he added a little extra with his um, nose or eyes or something. Well, that was just a little something to frustrate the player at the end. <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 the whole uh, premise behind working with somebody and using manual resistance is if you use a set of 25-pound dumbbells to do curls, the first four or five curls that you do with them are pretty easy. You know, because you're yep. fresh, your muscle's not, uh, you know, fatigued yet. But when you're doing it manually, I can make that first rep very difficult. I can make the second rep very difficult. Now I'm putting a different amount of pressure on each one of those reps because the, the more you do, the more you're going to get tired and you're going to get fatigued. And so by the eighth or tenth rep of something, you're completely spent. And I'm making that rep as hard as it could possibly be. When you're doing that with a, and this is what they, you know, it was kind of frustrating, but fun for me. When you're doing that with that broomstick, I could actually put the, the broomstick and lay my nose on it and they couldn't pull hard enough. And, and believe me, they were trying to, <laughs> to hurt my nose. So, I mean, they were completely fatigued, but that's that type of exercise, whether you're using a towel to do a, a, you know, an exercise or whether you're using, uh, you know, a broomstick. You're, you're putting the most pressure the person can handle on that particular rep and make sure that they stay in good form and they're not jerking around and, and uh, taking a chance at hurting themselves. But, uh, you know, it's different than lifting just a normal weight because you got to pick a dumbbell. You know, if it's a 25-pound dumbbell, the first four or five reps are going to be easy. You know, when you get to seven or eight, it's going to start getting harder. We try to make it on the, on the manual resistance side tough from you know from the first rep that you do we make it tough and it you fit you finish with it the same way it's tough so it's uh you know doing that type of uh, and really i came up with a whole manual workout for players when they were injured i mean that was uh yeah. the most important time because you couldn't put too much pressure on them you, you didn't want to put too little pressure on them you wanted to try to make a a, a great workout and them not being any pain from their injury. So from someone who isn't injured, but I would almost think that, you know, when I'm, when I pick up a 15 pound dumbbell, I know it's going to be 15 pounds, right? Right. When I go to lift a broomstick that you're pushing against, I have no idea what that weight is. So like mentally, 
I'm already losing the fight, right? Oh, so no like, what question. do you think about that? Well, you know, workouts are, are, are mentally tough. That's why if you have a personal trainer, if that personal trainer doesn't tell you what you're going to do that day, it makes it 10 times harder because you don't know what's coming next. If you know and, you're, and they've defined exactly what you're going to do that day, then you can kind of pace yourself with a, with a, a workout that you don't know what's going to happen. You, it's tough to pace yourself. And the same thing when I'm doing a manual resistance with you, I'm making the first rep as hard as you can do it. So that makes the second rep as hard as you can do it. Now, it may be going from a 35-pound dumbbell to a 25, to a 15, to a 10, to a 5. Your last rep, you may be doing a 2-pound dumbbell, but I'm controlling it's that. It's crazy because it all feels the same. Yeah, I mean, you think you're doing the same thing because I'm letting you go at the same speed, but I'm putting more or less resistance depending upon your level of fatigue. Interesting. So you also talked about using a towel. Towel, same thing. You know, sometimes if you grab a hold of a broomstick and if you've got hurt fingers, if you've got a bad wrist, your elbow is hurt, a towel gives you a lot more flexibility on how you're able to move your body into a position that doesn't cause pain. So, you know, when you're, when you're doing it with somebody that's, that's pain-free and that doesn't have an injury, you just have them grab a hold of it. It's just another, it's a, it's a tool. And when you're doing it with somebody that is injured, they put themselves in the most comfortable position that's not aggravating that injury. So, you know, the, your body is an amazing thing. It can adapt to about any situation. And, you know, doing a manual exercise, and sometimes I just did it by laying my hands on the back of their hands, allowing their joints to move in the, in the free-form motion that they wanted to move, and then I just put resistance against them. But, uh, you know, the manual part of the workout, really, for the, for the players – was by far the toughest thing. I mean, if they were going through a regular workout with weights, it, it was, you know, it their body learned that quickly and that muscle memory kicked in. But muscle memory is very difficult when I'm increasing or decreasing the amount of pressure I'm putting against you on each repetition. And you don't have any idea what you're pulling, you just know you are getting very, very fatigued. <laughs> I just know that I want it to be over, really. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and really, you know, in, in uh, you know, back in, back in the day when I first started uh, with the Colts, you know, that was, uh, we were flipping tires. We were carrying hay bales. We had a wheelbarrow that had a, a bend in the, in, in the, uh, where the wheel is on the rim and we'd put 400 pounds in it, and it was moving them all over the place and jerking while they were pushing, you know, this 400 pounds. So it was developing core strength, and it was it was doing all of these things that in later years, you know, past 1984, this is when a lot of these things were discovered. You know, you wanted to work on your core strength, and you wanted to work on, you know, people doing planks and different things like that. We were doing these kind of things before any of that. And it was thought to be barbaric. I mean, this was when strength coaches were first getting in to the professional level because everybody was nervous that, you know, they might not be able, it might slow them down or it might take something away from their shot if they were a basketball player or their touch or their ability to change directions. But quickly people learned that stronger athletes and, and are able to withstand more from a, from a punishment standpoint and a, an injury standpoint than athletes are that are untrained or, or that are weaker. 
So I hear you talk about um, like building core strength through like, you know, using that wheelbarrow and things like that. So I'm studying right now um, to get my personal training certification. And one thing that they talk a lot about is um, proprioception, which is basically an uncontrolled, controlled environment, which is basically like, you know, standing on a BOSU ball. It's something that's going to engage your core and build that core stability um, while like doing another exercise. And it seems like, you know, moving a wheelbarrow, real wheelbarrow, right? Wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow. (laughs) I don't know why it sounds weird. Um, With 400 pounds, that sounds like a lot, but 400 pounds, that's a prime example of like increasing proprioception. Um, So it's just interesting to kind of see like what I'm studying now um, compared to stuff that you were already doing in this like age of, um, of kind of starting this like strength, strength and conditioning coach era thing, this thing that you were just like kind of pioneering and working with well and you know i mean it all makes sense proprioception is is the ability to know where your body is Mm -hmm. know where you are and and know when you're in a good safe position and one that you can react and play a sport from so you know you put yourself in uh it's not you're not laying on a bench press when you're out on a football field you're not standing in a squat rack you're not doing a a a nautilus movement off of a, a, a various nautilus machines you're putting your body in all sorts of different positions. And if you're able to be strong throughout those positions, your chance of injury is minimized. So uh, you want to be able to do that. That's why people do, you know, exercises. They might do dumbbell presses over their head while they're standing on a thick wrestling type of mat. And, and that causes their feet to shift and their body to stay in the strongest position that it can. Again, building core strength and, and really helping you put yourself in less uh, in a less prone to injury position so it's something that transfers well from the weight room to the field from the weight room to the court from the weight room to whatever sport you're playing lifting weights for just the simple uh, sheer you know enjoyment of lifting weights is really not what you're after if you're in a you know in a pro position and you're teaching you know football yeah. players how to how to work out and how to get stronger they're trying to transfer that stuff to the football field. So anything that doesn't transfer to the football field really is a waste of your time. You need something that can transfer there and make you a better athlete playing whatever sport it is that you happen to be uh, competing in. So this kind of brings me back to, you know, the first time you and I ever worked out together. One, you didn't actually work out. You just directed it. (laughs) But you started the workout with and ended the workout with um, it was like you are on the ground and then you have to get up without using your hands. So it's a lot of core, but also like very awkward. It's very functional. Um, it's that pro- proprioception. I very, I struggle with that word, but, um, kind of working with that. And it kind of just brings me back to functional, functional exercises to help you with like everyday life not necessarily to shoot the basketball or to make the touchdown or whatever that whatever it is that you're trying to do like it's just live a healthy functional life like what do you 
Yeah. Is that something that you think about every time you make a workout? Sure. I mean, one of the, you know, obviously people are at different stages in their life. And, and if you're a pro athlete, you know, you're at the top 0.0001% of people that are out there working to get just a little bit better than your opponent, knowing that you're, you're putting your time in the weight room, you're putting your time out on the field into practicing so that you can make that catch, you can do that. You can make that tackle without injuring yourself, put yourself in the best position to do that. But as you get older, or even people that don't compete in sports, that just getting up off the ground, I mean, I, I defy anybody out there to try this. If you lay flat on your back on the floor and you get up without using your hands 20 times, a couple of different things are going to happen. First, it's going to be very difficult for you. Then once you get it on about rep five or six, you're going to get a, a pattern to how you're going to do this. And then you're going to do it the same exact way over and over and over again. Because you're going to figure out what move it is that got you up there, that got you standing. It sounds crazy easy, but it's very difficult to do those types oh, of things. Oh, it's not easy. I mean, it's not easy at all. I mean, and if you start on your stomach, you're not allowed to use your hands. First thing you got to do is roll over to your back and then you've got to, you know, you got to figure out how you're going to kick your feet up, how you're going to place your feet, how you're going to keep your balance because you could go flying into a wall if you don't do it right. But it's simple. You know what? You want to keep things very simple and very direct and so that the athlete or even the non-athlete can understand exactly what the expectation is, what they can expect to feel like. And you give them all of those aspects and then, they work those things out themselves. They know how hard they can go. They know when something feels bad in the, in the way of an injury, and they can inform you of that. So if you're a coach or a trainer, you know, you're going to pick those things up. You don't want to hurt your people that you're working with. You won't have a very good business. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. So, you know, and nobody wants to get anybody hurt in the weight room. Somebody always, you know, during an off-season program of 16 weeks, Somebody always hurts something in yeah. the weight room, but you're teetering right on the edge. You're going, you're taking people to the tipping point of, of, you know, of them getting better or them, you know, sometimes tweaking something, pulling a muscle or putting themselves in a bad position. But as a coach or a trainer, you always have to make sure that people put themselves in the right position. They're using the right form, the right technique, and they're not sloppy. I mean, in a lot of, Lifting that's, uh, you know, that goes on now. You, you look at CrossFit. You know, you've got people doing cleans. You've got people doing clean and jerks. You've got them doing a lot of different exercises where if you're not in a good position, you can hurt yourself very easily. So the trainer or the, the coach is, is very important at that point. It's also very good at, at when you're doing those kind of lifts. Film the session and yeah. then have them watch it. The, the more tired, the more fatigued you get the more often you'll put yourself in a bad position. You'll slump your back or you'll get your hips out of place, and, and that's when injuries occur. From a yoga perspective, something that we really push all students to do is to actually just, like, stop and listen to your body. So, like, I know you mentioned being competitive, and, like, some sometimes when you're, like, that competitive, it's really hard to slow down and actually listen to, like, what you're doing or, like, listen to what your body's telling you. But – if you slow down and you really just focus on only you and nobody else matters and like what you're doing, then you can maybe 
feel your body telling you, maybe this isn't the best thing I need to be doing. Maybe today I need to back off, whatever it is. So like from a, from a yoga perspective, um, it's, it's kind of like an ego thing of like, is my form right? Maybe, maybe not, but does it feel good? Yes or no, it feels like it's painful. And if it's painful, then, and I keep doing it, then like, I'm going to get hurt. Like that's, that's just how it is, you know? Um, so I, I hear what you're saying and it, it's funny cause it resonates in such a different way, a different, you know, uh, weightlifting gym compared to a yoga studio, but it's, uh, it's, I, I just, I hear what you're saying. Well, and that's, you know, you made a good point. It's, uh, there's a difference between pain and injury. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you feel like something is injuring, you know, causing you an injury, you definitely need to take a look at it and, and back off and make sure you evaluate the positions that you're in and whatever it is that's causing that injury. But, you know, when, when you're working really hard, you're in pain. You know, I mean, it, it, it's painful. Yeah. Your muscles are tired. They're fatigued. We call I mean, it discomfort. In yeah, yoga. it's discomfort. Come, come to your, like, point of discomfort is what I say in my classes, at least. And, and to be really advanced at that, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay, because being uncomfortable doesn't mean you're injuring yourself or hurting yourself. Being uncomfortable means you're working hard and you're working toward your limit. And yeah. You know, and your body's an amazing thing. Once you've done something once and accomplished it at a certain weight or, or you know, a certain exercise that you're doing, at, when you reach that point and, and, and you've done it one time, your body remembers that the next time you do it. So you have to put more resistance against it for you to continue to grow, for you to continue to get stronger, yeah. for you to get in better shape. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you've heard the old adage, you probably haven't because you're too young. <laughs> But if you lift up a cow from the time it's born, every day you go out there and lift that cow up, by the time that cow's fully grown, in that, in theory, you should still be able to lift the cow up because you've been doing a little bit more every <laughs> Can day. Can confirm I've never heard every that. Day. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty uh, you know, his, historically that's that's one of those old sayings i get it i I understand the premise but can can even being from tennessee i don't under i have never heard that the the, the tennessee (laughs) the home of the cow john laughs at me because i always have all these southern sayings but um well this was great i'm so glad that we got to kick off our first episode i love chatting with you papa zoop and i can't wait for the next one what do you think well i think it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to talk about a lot of things we're going to have uh We're going to have special guests on from the NFL. We'll have special guests on from all walks of life. We'll talk about fitness. We'll talk about the the psychological part of it as well as the physiological part of it because, you know, it's a big game in your mind, uh, you know, getting up every morning. When you get down at 7 o'clock, that's why that Rocky's blaring. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, you said there was a toddler in the house. I guarantee you their heart was pumping a little bit faster. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at Yoga Mutz, that's M-U-T-T-Z, for all the behind-the-scenes content. And if you could think of anyone that'd be perfect to come on the show, send me a DM, let me know their info, and I'll reach out to them. Uh, Final thing, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform for our new episodes, and leave us a review to let us know what you think.